0: Okay, welcome everyone to a very special episode of the DC Comics News uh, podcast. Uh, today, me and my co host, the wonderful Seth Singleton, will be talking to uh, the CEO of Comic Connect, uh, Vincent Zerboa, and uh, Mark Michelson. They are uh, auctioning off a very rare, very great condition copy of Superman number one. And uh they would like to sit here and chat a little bit about that. So we can jump right in. Um now uh Vincent Mark, I talked to you guys at Comic Con. Um uh, but can you go over with our listeners a little bit about how uh Mark that you came across <clears throat> this this Superman issue one? Sure. A great a yeah,
1: happy to. I was uh, been collecting for many, many years before I found it and um I was living in Houston, Texas. A gentleman at a uh, local comic book shop said he had a lead for me on a Superman one. He knows I was looking for one. I put that request out for everybody in all of Houston at one time. And um, I called the gentleman up. He was—I worked in an oil company in downtown Houston. Went there, spent a couple hours with him. Great guy. And he had—he was the original owner of a 1939 Superman number one, and uh, he had it all those years. He was retiring, wanted to get rid of uh, some things. He no longer felt like he had to have but he wanted to send it to somebody who'd appreciate it not somebody who was going to try and just flip it real fast uh after spending a couple of hours there he decided that i could have it so i purchased it from him and i've enjoyed it for 40 years now 40 plus years uh just a he was a real nice guy and uh i hope i did right by him and that was somebody else's turn to enjoy it for the next 40. okay
0: great thank you and seth
2: yeah i'm actually curious about you know i'm gonna fill in the the gap at a point but i'm i'm curious how you two were introduced to each other so that people who now would like to be that next owner uh will have their shot when it comes to this auction how were uh how were both of you introduced and uh what was the uh sort of the lead up to hey we're gonna do this we're gonna put this thing on the market together and and We're gonna have a great time and watch fans have their chance to own a piece of history
1: well um i could help and vince could take over um you know when you have a book like this you want to vet it properly make sure it goes in the right hands and there's a lot of people that handle these kind of comics um i did a lot of due diligence a lot of research and um i was very impressed with comic connect metropolis comics i knew of them in fact i met my wife at their booth about uh, 10 years earlier and um, um, it's just kind of meant to be. I just it felt like it had to be in the right hands. And these are people that not just sell things, but also appreciate the industry and the things that go along with it. So that's how it ended up with Vince's group.
3: Yeah, and I'd like to add to that. I mean, first of all, it was, it was astonishing for me to hear such an amazing story about how Mark uh, came to own the comic book and how long he has owned it for. Uh, what what, is, what it was really impressive was The gentleman who was the previous owner bought it off the newsstand as a kid back in 1939. So in in essence, you have two owners over the course of 80 plus years since this comic book was first published, which is in its own right, an astonishing feat. Then on top of that, to learn that, you know, comic books and romance actually uh, do exist in the same world, (laughs) is pretty cool. Mark's at our booth about 10 years ago. He sees this beautiful young woman, buying comic books from us. And he says, wow, she's beautiful. She's got a great laugh. This is by Mark's words that he shared with me. And and she likes comic books. What could be better? And he walked up to her and, and introduced himself and asked her on a date. And voila, you know, 10 years later, they have two beautiful children. They're happily married. And it's just a, a great story all the way around. So it's almost like a, a serendipity that, you know, these things all came together. Um, our company, uh, comicconnect.com, is our auction company. Metropoliscomics.com is our dealership.
1: Uh,
3: comic Connect has an incredible reputation. In fact, uh, when people think Superman in terms of auctions, they think about Comic Connect. We're the first company to ever sell uh, an action comics number one for a million dollars. It's first million dollar comic book, the first appearance of Superman. Then we have a, a variety of sales 1 million, 1.5, 1.75, 2 million. Uh, and then over three million dollars several times for Action Comics number one, and all throughout this period, we've also sold a number of Superman number ones. What's interesting to note, as rare as Action Comics number one is, which came out in 1938, and a year later Superman number one, which has the first four stories from Action Comics number one uh, in them, uh, what makes it really interesting is that. If you look at the census of graded copies, and so when I say census, CGC, the third-party grading company that uh, grades the comic books, also keeps a report of the census, the number of copies that they've graded. And Action Comics number one has two nine zero copies. I believe there's an eight five and an eight an zero. And with Superman number one, the best graded copy is an eight zero. Uh, one of them has a note of of glue on the cover. The other one I'm not really sure about what kind of notes there are. We have two eight and then this copy making this in essence the second best grade or the third best copy in the world. And when you think about these things in terms of rarity, in terms of demand, uh, this makes this an incredibly special, important book. And of course we you know we're on DC News right now talking to you gentlemen. And when you talk about the Holy Grail of Holy Grails, you're talking about Superman, the first superhero, the superhero that basically set the tone and created an industry just from its inception. And the and the belief that the publishers at D.C. National Comics had at the time for Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster to publish and print this superhero, the first superhero of its kind, is pretty astonishing and, as well. And just it's it's just a great time in the marketplace and what we're seeing right now is tons of a flood of investors coming into the comic book market because of their knowledge of how popular characters have become globally um possibly you know superman i would say one of the top one two three depending on the person you ask most most famous uh fictional characters around the world uh you you could go probably to um to uh, an Aboriginal tribe and say Superman and they'll know who he is. You can go to the middle of the uh, Amazon rainforest in Brazil and I bet you they would know who Superman is. So it's it's a really important book and it's a great time and we're so glad to be representing Mark and his family in this endeavor. Uh, the comic book comes up for auction November 22nd and it ends the week of December 13th through the 18th. Uh, uh, also in our auction we deal with all things pop culture We'll have thousands of comic books, vintage comic books, including other uh, action comics, Superman, Batman related type comic books, as well as video games, pulps, um, original comic art and uh, posters. Uh, so it's going to be a really exciting auction. Uh, we just finished doing the cover with the uh, image of Superman uh, on the Superman number one on the cover of our, our uh, uh, auction brochure. and. I I could go on for hours how excited I am about this. I've been getting calls from and emails from people all around the world telling me how blown away they are by the condition of this book, by how incredibly spectacular it looks. And taking it from somebody who actually held the book in his hands before it got graded, the pages are beautiful and they're supple. And and this book is just all around a solid, solid, beautiful, high-grade copy. Uh,
0: Is there any other particular issues coming up in this auction that you would like to mention
3: oh there's so many great comic books that are coming up in this auction and we're still taking consignments in fact we're right now in negotiations for um the first appearance of shazam in or captain marvel in Wiz number one as well as uh possibly in action comics number one as well as the first appearance of spider-man Um, I believe we have a Batman number one in this auction as well, and the list goes on and on. We are the premier online auction site for vintage comic books in the world, and the confidence that our consigners have in us to bring their comic books to market and fetch fantastic prices is unparalleled in the world of comic book auctions.
2: Great, thank you. And Seth? Yeah, I'm going to just take a minute and and have some fun with the fact that, you know, when I'm thinking about this, you're actually telling us two romantic stories. Um, Actually, three. (laughs) One is uh, the story of Michael and Sarah meeting, but the other is the the sort of romantic idea, or one of the others is the romantic idea of, of someone going and taking this book right off the newsstand and somehow having it in their possession without any sort of damage, like... I'm curious, I almost want to you know know what his uh, processor standards were for keeping this in such great condition. And then Mark, I, I, I would imagine you would have had similar, you know uh, responses to like, hey, this is something I wanted. I've got it in my hands now. These are the terms for taking care of it between now until I let it go from my hands. I mean, have you ever opened it? Uh, uh, yes, read yes. through the pages. Yes, um, I did, and
1: honestly, and, I did. <laughs> right.
2: Now, was this under like a hermetically sealed environment with gloves, maybe a hazmat suit, or was this <laughs> lounging on the couch, glass of wine or whiskey or something, and and yeah. just sort of? No, no, no. <laughs> I, right. uh, no,
1: when, when the gentleman who I the gentleman who I bought it from bought it when he was nine years old from a local comic stand. Exactly as been said um and when he bought it he decided to keep it he just it just hit him he's the words he used to me it just hit him so he kept it and i don't know exactly how he kept it um uh, but when i went to his office he had it in a vault so what happened in the years growing up as a kid through his teenage years and you know, his 30s and 40s and 50s i have no idea uh, but it meant, it meant for some reason it meant something to him throughout his childhood and, and his uh his formative years when i got it the day i got it i went over to a local comic shop and uh, that was in Houston. And I said, look, I think I have something really great here. This is what I've been looking for for the longest time. Just go through it with me very carefully. They took me into the back room. And uh, we went through the pages. And as Vince said, there's a couple. I mean, it's, it feels like a new comic. And uh, we looked at the front cover. They wanted to see the back cover. And um, at that point, I took just really good care of it. I, I, I encased it very carefully. Kept it in a bank vault, but it was uh, temperature controlled, humidity controlled would take it out every once in a while when I went there for something and uh, would kind of, you know, look at it, enjoy it. And uh, that's how I kept it in good shape all those years. It meant a lot to me. That was my, uh, everybody has a grail in life, I guess. Uh, That was mine from the time I was about five years old when I got my first comic until I finally got that at age 25. That was my my grail. Wonderful. Thank you, man. Mm -hmm. No problem.
0: And, and uh, Mark, why why did you decide to sell it now?
1: Um, good question, and uh, it's a fair one. Um, I always think back to the gentleman who sold it to me, who kept it for 40 years, and the words he used is I want somebody to enjoy it as much as I have. Uh, I've enjoyed it for my 40 years. And, um, you know, my, my kids are growing up, and um, I just think it's the right time to put it back out there and let somebody else enjoy it. I mean, not that I'll... If, if i told you i wasn't gonna miss it you know i'd be lying to you but on the other hand you have to get back and it's somebody else's turn in who, who is a collector a true collector uh to go ahead and enjoy it and do the same thing that i did a gentleman before me for the next 40 hopefully
0: great thank you Ansa.
2: yeah vincent i'd love to swing it over to you for a minute and just sort of give uh, anyone listening an insight into something i thought mark brought up that was really important the idea behind how you vet potential uh, buyers, potential um, auctioners, and also the the quality of the comics coming in. Can you just sort of let us know a, a little okay. bit about, um, you mentioned how much contact you've received regarding this upcoming auction, and mm-hmm. um, maybe just a little bit of insight into uh, who it is that's seeking out these books, more specifically even this Superman number one.
3: Sure. Well. That's a great question. It's my pleasure to answer it. Uh, what I can tell you is that our, it starts from the top and, and works its way down. Even my partner, Steven Fischler and I uh, are extremely passionate, bit, passionate and knowledgeable about comic books. It's what we've been doing since we were little kids. And when we, what we do is when we look to bring people on our team, we look for that same passion, love of comic books and knowledge that can help to, uh, really strengthen our team, and I believe that we have the best team in comics in, in the world. Um, our, our team's passion for comic books and knowledge is unparalleled. And what that means is we're out there in the marketplace. We have people's confidence. They're consigning books to us. We're, we're looking through their books. We give them estimates as to value. We talk about the condition of books. We figure out ways how to maximize the value of a comic book. And through that type of process, we're able to uh, bring comic books to market and other collectibles um, and when we're when we're looking for clients for this type of thing people hear about us in the media uh, outlets like yourself as well as um, we've been we've been uh, interviewed on almost every major uh, cable network um, major channel t- and TV stations around the world I've been on the news in the Middle East, in Japan, Australia, um, all over Europe, all over the United States, Canada. um, When people are looking to talk about great comic book sales and things like that, they come to our company. Um, When you take all these things into account, you have this groundswell of people calling us saying, hey, I hear you guys are the guys to talk to when I want a great book. And they give us their (laughs) want list. And uh, I can tell you that we have clients that are everyday blue-collar workers all the way up to uh, CEOs of top uh, Fortune 500 companies as well as billionaires that are looking for books. And they realize the importance, the significance, and the value. And in many cases, people who are coming in new to this to this world of comic books, even with the ama- amazing uh, – Escalation and appreciation and value and escalation of prices over the last 10 years, which we were a catalyst in making happen. uh, They see this as still we're in the first inning or maybe the second inning, but we're definitely not in the ninth inning and they think that comic books comparatively speaking to other types of collectibles are much more important and you look in a in a global sense in terms of the impact they make on the pop culture society. As well as, comparatively speaking, in terms of value, uh, comic books are, are, and superheroes are, are the biggest movies. They're the, the biggest licensed characters. Um, we've even seen a growth in terms of, you, you look at, and I'm not just talking about old stuff. You have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out in 1984. We sold a copy for $245,000. That's, that's over $100,000 higher than the previous record for that book. So it, it gives you a sense that it's not just super um, vintage stuff, but it's also stuff from the last 30, 40 years. Uh, and and the movies, the comic book TV shows, the animated series, all these things come into play when it comes to uh, escalating and increasing the recognition and value of the comic book in to the general public. And in turn, these people who either had a love of comic books when they were kids or just looking for something come into the market. I can tell you that we've had... Uh, over the last two or three years, uh, a, a number of very uh, affluent clients who only used to buy baseball cards. And then they look at what a, what a Mickey Mantle card goes for and goes, geez, now Mickey Mantle's worth this, but Superman's only worth this. I think that doesn't <laughs> make sense. I'm going to buy Superman. And and they're, they're seeing these things as undervalued, comparatively speaking, to the other categories of collectibles, like quote unquote fine art or Uh, a a bottle of wine or what have you Uh, and then you also another thing that comes into play which is really extraordinary over the last couple years you have this influx of wealth that's been created from the uh cryptocurrencies and now uh nfts as well uh and and the people who are making money in that they love uh digital currency and they love digital assets but they're also looking to convert it and um and, and diversify their portfolios into other types of categories of collectibles and that leads them right to us with comic books. So, you know, this last year we've had people who will actually say, hey, I, I want to pay you in Bitcoin. And these are things that we've we're we've accepted and explored. Uh, and um, it's very, very interesting, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Um, but we're also going to be expanding into the uh, NFT auctioning we have some really interesting uh, items that are going to be coming up in the near future uh, and, and a very interesting interesting marketing uh, um, strategy for that as well. So all I can tell you, gentlemen, is I don't think there's a better time in the world for Mark to have um, picked to sell this comic book. Uh, I think it's it's an incredibly hot market, and uh, I know there are going to be a, a whole host of books. Buyers, investors, speculators, collectors that are going to be chomping at the bit to get this comic book. And I think that we're all going to be very surprised. (coughs) Probably you're going to have to do a, a podcast after the auction to talk about what it sold for.
2: Oh, that's brilliant. Hey, and uh, now you got me thinking, like, you know, if you're saying we're only in the second inning, what's the seventh inning stretch going to look like? That's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, <totally. laughs> you know, I, I, you know
3: I, who knows? But what I can tell you is that um, that every time I've been in this business for over 35 years and every time I felt like, wow, that's really expensive. I can't see this going up any higher. I've been dead wrong. <laughs> and, 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 and I stopped doing it about 20, 15, 20 years ago. I just stopped. Now, now, uh, having said that, are there, is everything a win and is everything continually go up? Of course not. There are ebbs and flows in any market. And we happen to have right now an incredibly strong marketplace. You have this massive influx of cash that's come into the, the world that, the, that was printed du- during COVID. You have this incredible feeling for people, I believe, that when you're faced with this this gigantic pause button that was the pandemic, and then things start coming back to life, people are realizing, what am I waiting for? If I want something, I need to go for it. If I want something in my life, I I need to take advantage of the opportunity. And I think that's part of what's fueled the um, growth in comic books and, and the demand for them. And I also think there's also a sense of FOMO, fear of missing out, that people, people just don't want to lose out on these opportunities. Uh, and that not in a negative way, I mean in a positive way. I, I think that they're realizing comic books are really not the, the most common collectible. They're probably tougher to find than most collectibles. When you have to think about it, you have several different combinations of things that go into making comic books uh, rare. Uh, I'll start with, there's two different types of paper, the cover paper and the uh, interior paper. And oftentimes the acids from one can affect the other. You have the metal staples, which can rust and deteriorate. You have the fact that this is a disposable form of entertainment that oftentimes was read and thrown out. And you also have the old adage, oh, my gosh, you're never going to believe this. My mother threw out my comic books when I was a kid. If only I had them now, which I've heard a million times. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I have a lot of nickels.
0: (laughs) <laughs> so it happened to my brother-in-law
3: have, yeah, yeah everybody has, <laughs> has heard that one so you have all these different factors that come into play that are going to continue to help us to churn out and what what's also something I should mention that's very interesting you also have this cottage industry of people on social media who are collecting and they're showing off their new comic books every day on social media and then every other every one of their friends is Saying hey, I like that, and then they're saying hey, look what I got, and so this feeds on like one up at one one upping the Joneses. You know, you got to keep up with the Joneses type of thing, and this this feeds into the whole uh, frenzy that's involved. And then every time a movie's announced, every time a uh, an animated series announced, every time an actor is announced who will be the new or next so and so, these things all help build up this grassroots and and groundswell of increased demand and interest in comic books and I sincerely don't think it's going to end. Uh, just to give you a point of reference, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I was invited down to a business conference in of all places, uh, Tulum, Mexico, which I'm going to on Wednesday and they're setting up an interview for me to talk about comic books as an alternative form of investment. I'll be there talking alongside tech billionaires. And you know when you think about that, this shows how far along comic books have come in the world. And it's something that I uh, have, 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 have fought for since I got in the business. I'll, I'll tell you guys a quick story. So when I was, got, got out of college and I started doing comic books full time, I'd go to a party and I'd meet meet a girl at a party. And sure enough, the first thing she'd ask is, what do you do for a living? I said, "Oh, I sell comic books. She's like, no, no. What's your real job? Uh, I go, oh, wait. No, I, I sell comic books. She's like, no, no, no. But what, you, what do you really do? <laughs> and, or or turned into, you know, can you make a money doing that? And so you, you get that type of, and by the way, that's before they walk away. <laughs> they didn't just walk away and you're like, damn it. <laughs> so, so um, uh, you know, you get that type of reaction over and over again. And for me, it put a chip on my shoulder in, in the same way. I think like Tom Brady getting picked in the seventh round, put a chip on his shoulder. For me, it's always been a fight for legitimacy of the American comic book as what I believe is the greatest American art form, as well as uh, a very underappreciated and undervalued uh, collectible. And so what we've done to try to increase that type of awareness is obviously as much publicity as we possibly can is and bring around about knowledge of comic book sales and the characters themselves in a very professional manner that people can uh, appreciate and i hope respect and understand as well as these these great sales that we're making as well as we recently in 2014 when we um moved to our new location in midtown manhattan we started the only art gallery of its kind dedicated to comic book art and fantasy art and that's something that's also helped to elevate the art form so we're trying to do all these different things to try to bring awareness to try to create a greater respect and, and care for these, what I, once again, what I consider the greatest American
0: art form. Right, And, and Vincent, uh, you know, you talked about how you always kind of struggled for legitimacy when you got started. With the proliferation of comic book culture, the way it is now, like you were saying, there's nothing bigger than the comic book movies. Do you, do you find that that legitimacy is i mean chris branson now you are so much more established but do you think that somebody who's maybe starting out in the business selling comics do you think that that struggle for legitimacy would be easier now that culture has changed so much i I think
3: so i'll give you i'll give you a counterbalance and mark you can jump in here just let me make this point now when i go to parties and, and people start talking to me and ask me what i do and i tell them what i do I get surrounded by about a half dozen people, and all they want to do is talk. What would you think about this movie? How, wait, did you hear this comic book sold for a million bucks? Boy, you're a very handsome man. You know these. Are the types of things Funny how a million bucks will do that. You, you know, you wouldn't know if I'm looking at me, but I've become a very handsome man in this world. Uh, but seriously, um, you know, these are the types of things that happen now. It's a very different uh, animal than it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, and, and and I definitely uh, think that the movies have helped out a lot. Uh, it's 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 for me it, it's wonderful every time I get to see one of my favorite characters uh, on TV in a, in a in an animated series and in a, in a move, move, major motion picture. Um, I think uh, even the worst superhero movies are still pretty cool because they're actually making them. And it's 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 great. I watched Black Widow the other day. I thought it was really good. I, I was really I impressed. I, I saw Shang-Chi. I, I thought that it. was really fun. Um, I can't wait to see Venom 2. I think that's going to be a really interesting movie. I saw the Batman trailer, the new Batman trailer, I thought looked fantastic. Uh, and and uh, the new Black Adam trailer, the teaser, looked great. And then you have the Flash teaser trailer, which had, um, I'm pretty sure that was Michael Keaton narrating it. Oh, my God. That mm. was just amazing. <laughs> I was just yeah. thrilled. Mark, what do you, what do you think?
1: Well, regarding legitimacy, I put myself through college buying and selling comics. At that time, I remember a girl I was dating. Her mother found that out that I was buying and selling comics and told her to break up with me. <laughs> okay, now, uh, true story, true story. And uh, and now I have I have a friend of mine. About three months ago, maybe four months ago, contacted me. He just inherited a great deal of money, and he was asking what comics to invest in. That would have never happened back in the seventies and eighties. Never, yeah. it, 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 this is a total, totally new world for comic books.
3: Yeah, that's great, that's great. I um, You're talking about uh, uh, the g- girl who broke up with you. I'll tell you my story it was, I, I, I was graduating from St. John's University and I had sat in like thinking about this hard. I was either gonna go for, into a career in marketing or I was gonna continue with comic books. And basically I remember sitting there going, I can take a train into Manhattan It's gonna take me an hour to get there an hour to get back at least and then make peanuts or I can work in my boxers in my in my apartment and probably buy and sell comic books and make double that. So it wasn't a hard decision for me. I loved comic books. <laughs> I sat down and set out my goals for my first year in business. Um, and when I but when I went to tell my father, my father immigrant from Italy, he looked at me and he said, I send you to four years of effing college and you're going to do this comic book bullshit. And I said, I said, dad, dad, I promise I'm going to use everything that I learned in college to run my business, which I absolutely, you know, did use a lot of what I learned in marketing to be able to propel my company. Um, in the, in the early days, I was competing against a lot of people who were much more, uh, they had much more knowledge, uh, Um, They had much more money than I did, contacts, inventory. They had so much more than I had. And I I said, I looked at it and said, where can I beat these guys? And in a a certain sense, it was with marketing. uh, I I framed it really in customer service, which was something I saw that was very much lacking in the world of of comic book dealing. People didn't understand how to treat customers. I came from a, a, a background where my parents uh owned uh restaurants and 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 not only was my father the chef but he was also you know we'd come out and meet and talk with the client the 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 customers who were eating there and my mother was the consummate hostess whenever we had people over our home so i kind of understood how you treat people how you make people feel welcome how you make people feel like you actually care about their business whether they're spending a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars to me that was something also early on in my career i learned the guys who are spending fifty bucks today could be the guys spending fifty thousand in a few years. And you treat them with respect, and you treat them, you give them the time that that they deserve. And these are passionate people, and and they, um, I think it, I think it's
1: definitely uh, helped me to get where I am in my career. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, the comic book community, being as tight as it is, word of mouth is the best marketing, and aside like everything else you do, people who refer people, it's automatic trust is instilled in that individual, and that's what they do there.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure when Mark asked around, you know, who's the who's the guy to deal with, uh, I'm sure more than once or twice, it must have been our company name that popped up.
1: That's correct. That's a, more than that.
3: <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's what we want to hear. That's why we, <laughs> yeah. we try as hard as we do. And, and we uh, we really love bringing these books to market in a, in a fun and exciting manner. And just so people understand, if you're interested in bidding on the Superman number one or any of the other comic books, you can start a Comic Connect account, uh, put a credit card on file. That doesn't mean we're going to charge a credit card. It's just a way to make sure that this is a real person. Uh, we also, if you're looking to bid over $25,000 and it's your first time bidding with us, you need to be approved uh, to bid over $25,000. Once again, us qualifying people because we don't want somebody you know, scam bidding that has no intention of buying something. But this is very easy to, to take care of and we welcome any new bidders they can contact us through our website, comicconnect.com. They can call our 800 number, 800-995-3999. Uh, I believe that's the number. If that's not the number, try 800-229-6387. And one of those numbers will be where You got to forgive me. I'm I landed in <laughs> California yesterday, and I'm a little bit all over the place. Uh, no, actually, actually, I think the uh, other number is 888-895-3999. Sorry about that. So. One of those two numbers, you can call us or you can just call us at our our offices, uh, 212-260-4147. And uh, we're happy to help you and uh, happy to walk you through the process. The other exciting thing about our auction, what we did to try to create a very um, interesting atmosphere for the bidding process, we realized that, you know, people don't really travel. This is even before the pandemic. People don't travel as much as they used to to go bid. In an auction, they usually do it online. So there's no real purpose to have a live auction room anymore, especially now with the pandemic. It makes even less sense. Having said that, we tried to simulate a live auction experience by having a um, extended bidding process. So when our um, auctions wind down to three minutes or less. Any bids that come in, any bids that come in will extend that auction by three minutes so. If somebody puts a bid in, it's two minutes left, it'll go about back up to three minutes. So the extended bidding will take place. And what this allows a, a bidder to do, the, all of the bidders to do, is to take the time they need to think to put in another bid. Uh, we think the other way of doing this, which is just having everything end on a hard stop like they do on eBay, is a is a rather poor way to do things. Because how many times has it happened where people... um would an auction ends and then somebody goes oh gosh I would have been another $500 you know what I mean and then they mm-hmm. they can't so um yeah
2: <laughs> we know we also had you guys on a on a hard timeline um do we have time for one or two more questions or do you sure. want to do you feel like uh, we're right but, there to uh, wrap it up yeah, I
3: well, well I do one or two more questions or if, if you guys can. I was gonna
2: I was going to bring up a fun and light one and uh, phrase it in this way. I had a buddy who his Holy Grail at the time was getting a hold of a uh, Wolverine number one. And I remember when he did, he showed it to me. And when he went to hand it to me, he stopped and was like, you washed your hands, right? And I had, to I just sort of with, you know, so I had to kind of laugh now and think, Hey Mark. So, you know, you meet this amazing woman, you, you, you have this connection, you guys have a romance, you're, you're together. And at some point you have these treasures, because I would imagine maybe there's one or two other treasures uh, regarding comics that you have. But you've got this Superman number one. W- were there any rules or stipulations about, hey, hon, I love you. You know, I'm going to, you know, share this book with you. But did you wash your hands or, you know, do I need to <laughs> do I need to set some ground rules about this, this treasure in my life that I want to share with someone else? And yet at the same time. You know, I love my wife, but there's a 50 percent chance she could have just been eating something. She does like greasy food. You know, I hand her the wrong book and suddenly, you know, I, I've lost a treasure because I, I didn't ask. Did you wash your hands? Um, so <laughs> I was just curious if if there were any like uh, or was she even potentially more of
1: a what are you doing? Don't take that uh, out of the Jack? back. Wait, well, why don't we think get there? <laughs> well, Vince Vince knows this story, but, uh, I, I, you know, I had this book for many years. And I met Sarah about 15 years ago, roughly. I mean, we knew each other quite a long time before we got married. And I showed her almost all of my treasures, all of my other semi-grails. This one, I kept a secret until about two months ago. And actually, <laughs> I, have, I have a video of her looking at it for the first time. I said, honey, I have something I want to show you. Have a seat. And uh, she sat down. I actually have the video of her having a coronary looking at this thing. Uh, being a collector herself, she knew not to use it as a pizza plate, you know, she knew <laughs> yeah. to take care of it. She knew that. But uh, but um, I didn't even tell her I had it. Uh, I just wanted to wait for the right time. It was time to sell it and tell her then, just because I wanted to see her reaction. That's, That's awesome. pretty cool. And, and,
3: and what's also also awesome, Mark has video of the moment when he showed her the book which is
1: exceptional it's just so cool um, yeah her reaction yeah. Is, is is her reactions i will always remember it i'm glad i i thought to put it on video but her reaction was was total shock i mean total shock it was great
2: nice. <laughs> that's was awesome Out that. of <laughs> yeah. curiosity, just as a follow-up do you know what sarah's holy grail is she's a collector too does she does she have one that she either got her hands on or that that's out there that she's like one day you will be mine one day that.
1: I, I, I think that's the first. Her, one of those, of,
3: but... isn't that the the first appearance of Mark Michelson?
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Vince is auctioning me off too. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think when what? I met Sarah, she was looking for a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Actually, I think that's what she was looking for. Wow. Uh, but we were, you know, slightly different. I'm I'm older than her by a few hundred years, so you know, I like the older <laughs> books and uh, she likes the newer ones so actually we did not overlap very much at all even though she appreciates all the older books she's actually very very knowledgeable and uh, impressed me um you know she knew who all the artists were she you know she, she's very very knowledgeable about these things
3: and and cute as a
1: button <laughs> well yeah we'll take that too yeah that helps that helps a lot that only goes one way, not my way, just her way. But, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Brad, I know I jumped
2: in and asked a couple of follow-ups. There. Oh, that's okay. Don't let me step all over the mic, buddy.
0: Oh, that's okay. Now, you mentioned that, for instance, that um, issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went for 100000 more than it ever had before. And tying this back into the issue of Superman, how do you, how on your end do you do things to kind of get that price up? Because I know you mentioned a lot about marketing. Is there any other strategy?
3: Well, you know, there's a lot of personal touches that we'll put into this. For instance, you know, calling our uh, A-plus clients and talking to them about why this would be a great comic book to add to their portfolio or their collection. And so... One of the things that I'm loath to do at this point right now is to say what do I think this is going to sell for, because I think the sky's the limit on this book, uh, and and I think that I want to let the, our customers, our bidders, tell us. What, and they'll do that with their with their uh, wallets on the day that auction closes. Uh, my perception is this is easily a seven-figure book. Um, how far above that we're going to find out. in in December. Um, I think that there are enough very, very well healed clients in the world that will be chomping at the bit for this. Uh, So we talk to them on the phone. We meet them. This comic book right now is actually at the Baltimore Comic Con. Being shown uh, at the convention uh, the week before we were at Chicago Wizard and we were talking to people about it. We had heard about it on. Social media. Uh, recently we just did an unboxing video uh, um, premiered on our Instagram and Facebook page uh, a few days ago as well and in, as in, in, uh, press releases that we put out. So the book came into the office graded and I did a you know unboxing with uh, with um, you know uh, with my team there and it was just really exciting to see uh, this beautiful book uh, you know and it was it was gorgeous out of the out of the bag, you know and it, I gotta say, it looks amazing in the holder. It's it's a it's a gorgeous copy, and I've got this big smile on my face. You got to keep in mind, I've been buying and selling comic <laughs> books since I'm 15 years old. I'm I'm I just turned 50 in April, and I still am as, as I'm excited about comic books today as I was, maybe even more so. I just love this stuff, and I, I eat, breathe, and live comic books every day of my life. It's funny, you you know, you you'll see me. Uh, at n- at night, people are like, oh, what what are you what have you been reading? I was like, oh, you know, I've been reading comic books at night. I read I read comic books. I love comic books, so so it's just it's really fun and it's it's great to see everything that's happening with our industry. And I'm super excited pun intended about
0: this option. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs>
0: great. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, and everybody remember that that auction starts November 22nd and ends the week of december 13th through the 18th uh, yes. and you can go over to comicconnect.com and set up an account if you haven't already and mark and Vince is there any anything else that you want to tell uh, our listeners
1: uh, I was just yeah just touch thing that vince mentioned a moment ago to use the word portfolio um, i've been collecting and buying comics probably longer than vince and I will say, at one time, people call them collections. Gee, this is my collection. I used to always hear that over and over. In the last 15, 20 years, they've turned into investment portfolios for a lot of people. Mm, I something think. very That's important to remember. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to appreciate what you have. The artwork is great. The history is great. But these are actually investment portfolios for the future of yourself and your families. And uh, people have to recognize this. This is a, a new world. And
3: I, I would i would uh paraphrase a, a famous vulcan uh, pro proverb and say bid strong and prosper <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the way you might drop that's the way you end on a strong note nice
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> gentlemen it's been a pleasure thank you both so much great stories for your insights and for you know i think just adding a little bit more excitement for us and anyone listening for this auction and what it could mean if Superman number one, or maybe one of their holy grails is something they could actually get their hands on coming up soon. That's an amazing story for them to be a part of.
0: All right. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. And, yeah, um, you're uh, welcome. And it's thank you. thank It's you. so nice to hear your your passion for the books as well. You're not just doing it to get a portfolio, as you were saying. You're doing it because you actually love the books, and that is exactly. so nice thank to see. So uh, thank you both so much for uh, for joining us on this look, episode all right. today all right. all right take
2: care okay. thank you thank you thank, thank you, you. Right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> bye-bye well thank you guys for tuning in for this episode i guess it's tuning in listening to this podcast for the special episode uh set uh where can people find you
2: oh uh, just find me here man just just come and say hey um, you can find me here hanging out with Brad, whether it's for a special like this, for the weekly broadcast of the uh, DC Comics News podcast, where we cover all the news and stuff like that, or hosting the Spinner Rack. So, you know, if you want to hear about me in comics, this is probably the most direct place to do it. And uh, the Spinner Rack's my top five pick each and every week from DC Comics. And then every once in a while, you can ha- find me hanging out being just a little bit of a potty mouth on the uh, Mad Love Harley Quinn uh, show And, uh, you know, just every once in a while doing a bit of stuff like that. How about you, bad Where can the good people find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me writing news reviews at dccomicsnews.com. You can find me also uh, on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News podcast network, which also includes uh, Spinnerack, like Seth just mentioned, and I Am the Night, uh, an episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series, Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me and you can find DC comics news, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever we're there. And with that, we're going to sign off with a phrase that we always like to say, and that is to read more comics. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: Bye now.